I want to talk to you about the F word. Failure. More specifically, failure in the context of the entrepreneurial world. No, not the whole BS about failure is necessary for success. More like you have to give up on the whole idea of running your own business and maybe going back to another option. Perhaps you gave the middle finger to your job and you're all set and ready to take on the world. Or like me, you did it so you can spend more time with your loved ones and even be ready to make more money than what your day job could ever provide. Using my previous job as the benchmark as far as, okay, I was making about this much at my job. And so this is what I should be seeking to duplicate in the business, which totally makes sense. So looking at specific numbers, we're looking at basically about 3000 a month. That was supposed to be after taxes that we were trying to get. By the time we got going through 2020, I was doing about 3000 3500 before taxes. So I wasn't quite making the mark, but there was always like, there's this possibility if I do this, then we could do that. So just kept stretching it out a little bit farther, a little bit farther until finally mid 2020, I lost a couple clients within like six weeks of each other. And at first I'm like, okay, well, that's not too big of a deal. I can be able to recover, but I wasn't watching the finances close enough and then realized that, oh, I was only able to do about 2000 a month instead of the 3000 or 3500. And so it impacted me a lot more than I anticipated. That's Joshua. And here he is talking about how much he had to make and not counting his wife's salary, by the way in order to be able to pay the bills and then some when he quit his job to pursue his podcast editing business. As you can tell, he didn't quite hit the mark. And spoiler alert, he went back to nine to five. Now, does that mean it's a bad thing? But to quit or not to quit, to go back or not go back to a job, sorry, I'm trying to do a weird Hamlet thing here, don't mind me, is only a part of the picture. You see, these questions about your vocation, it's more than how you make money. It's actually a larger question about your worth, about how badass you are. You bought the conventional trajectory. Congrats. How cool are you that you get to dictate your own schedule, work from the beach, and be your own boss? And well, if you go back to a job, is it a message to the world that, well, you suck? Like, if you can't make it, is there something wrong with you? What will people say? For Candace, well, she's come to accept that a full-time job can be a good thing. I feel good now. I'm not dreading when the first of the month is coming. The first is on Saturday. I'm like, oh, yes, I get paid, but I'm also still getting paid in my own business. What I used to make in my nine to five, like I'm still making that in my own business. And then the nine to five money is like just even more, right? So it's like I'm just getting two piles of money and now I'm able to reach my goals a lot faster. So it definitely does feel good to have those options and realize that I'm still a business owner and that life can change anytime I want it to. I mean, who doesn't like to have more money, right? Or going back to nine to five can be a way to get paid to learn new skills like Chauncey did. I guess I've just been checking Indeed just randomly. Like I've been out of the traditional workforce for almost five years. Would someone actually hire me? And I've been really into marketing and wanting to learn more about marketing and also realizing that 
I went to school for journalism and I have some marketing experience, but it's a lot of stuff I've learned on the job. So I feel like it's still valuable for me to learn certain things, certain workplace experiences. You know, I would still like to take a business class because a lot of the stuff I do, I just learn from someone or I learn from a client or I kind of wing it. But I'm interested, like, is there certain systems, certain tools, certain marketing things that like I just don't know about? And I happened to just find a marketing copywriter job in my area that they were hiring. They were looking for someone part-time. But I'm getting ahead of myself here. I don't want to spoil the end of the episode for you. For now, let's stick with this question. Should you be considered a failure if you're a business owner and you need to go back to a nine-to-five? Welcome to Beyond the Dollar with me, Sarah Lee Kane, where we have deep and honest conversations about how money affects our well-being. In the season finale, we're going to dig deeper into the idea of what it means to go back to a 9-to-5 after taking a stab in entrepreneurship. How can someone accept the fact that they failed? How does one deal with a bruised ego and, well, is it really the end of the world? Alright, get ready, grab a seat, and let's go Beyond the Dollar. go into why someone would go back to a full-time job or part-time job in Chante's case, let's talk about why someone would want to quit their job in the first place. My journey, like working with a side business or the thought of even having a side business started back in like 2009, 2010, and it started by accident. I was trying to work in in, in a church. I was an assistant pastor, but it wasn't paying enough. So I was having to have a full-time job. And it's like, it'd be great if I could have a job to where I wasn't tied to a particular place, having to be there at a certain time and all those different restrictions. And if I could have some freedom. All I knew was working a nine to five. It wasn't until I started going to different conferences, my eyes opened up that this was an actual thing, that people were working for themselves, people were paying off their debt, they were retired already. All of these new ideas were now put into my head. And so now I wanted to work for myself. And so I was working at a job at an ad agency and I was there for almost about five years. And but around like the fourth year mark, I started feeling like, you know what? I want to quit this job. So it's 2016. And then my dad passes away. He gets cancer suddenly, you know, he has two months to live and he passes away. So now at this point, I'm like, oh my gosh, I really should just go after it because we only get one life. Why not? I was working at a web design company when I got out of college. It was one of my first jobs. And I worked there for probably about around two years, a little over two years. I feel like I had a really good boss. I had good coworkers. I really didn't know a lot about working professionally since it was my first job out of college. But I found that it was nice that at the end of the year, my boss would sit me down and we'd have an annual review and he'd give me a raise. So I felt like, okay, I don't have that pressure to like try to negotiate a raise. But I guess as I progressed at that job, web design and content industry is constantly changing. And my position was changing into something that I wasn't really excited about since I enjoy writing. We were being asked and expected to do more or learn. And then some of my coworkers were getting more into design and coding and stuff like that. I had no interest in that at all. I felt like I wasn't giving my all when I was there. My mind was just somewhere else. I'd go to Target on my break. And that was like my thing. Some people choose whatever, alcohol, whatever, to numb the pain. I would go and up, get like sour patch. <laughs> just eat a bunch. So I felt like I was just being stressed out. So given all that, what are the commonalities here? 
They saw other people living great lives and wanting that for themselves. They were no longer interested in what they were doing for their job. They didn't feel appreciated in their job or even felt like they were valued as an employee. I realized three people isn't exactly an accurate representation of the entire world, but I bet that many folks who decided to take a stab at entrepreneurship feel the same way. So now that we've talked a little bit about why someone wants to leave their nine to five, how does someone quit their job? Do you just go to your boss and be like, bye, or send a letter of resignation and don't talk to anyone? Or save up money like mad and then try to leave on the best of terms? I ended up going on vacation and then I got a call while I was on vacation from my job. And they were like, hey, Candace, there were some layoffs happening. And unfortunately, you were one of the people to go. I was so happy, though. I was That was the happiest moment <laughs> because I wanted to quit already. But this was just kind of the shove that I needed. Okay. Maybe some of you don't have a choice like Candace didn't have a choice. Granted, she had a pretty good runway with her side business before all of this happened. I already had that network and that branding that I can help people with their finances and with their brand. So I was already marketing myself. So I had that as a plus. So I think that if people are working a nine to five, I think it's a good idea not to just wait until you quit to start trying to earn money. You should start earning money while you're at your job. I think that it was a smooth transition in that standpoint because I was already doing those things. Speaking of a side business, I've sort of alluded to it early in the episode, but a side business is really a great way to test the waters before you make the leap. I mean, you tinker with the side business, talk to your spouse or partner about your side business, and then just go for it, right? I finally just came to a place, I I guess you could say I snapped. (laughs) And so I was sleep deprived and not entirely thinking through the entire process. So I gave my two weeks notice and then I told my wife, not usually the best order to do that in. So I learned. So I entered 2019 getting right into my business full time. It was a a very crazy moment and a lot of emotional and relationship things I was having to work through as a result of my impulsivity with that. But anyway, we worked through a lot of that. Yikes. (laughs) All right. So Joshua didn't exactly have the talk with his wife, but we'll get to that later. Going back to the idea of quitting, it's pretty conventional advice where most folks will tell you how important it is that you have a support system and maybe some sort of financial runway before you make the leap. Chauncey did, but it wasn't exactly what she wanted, though in hindsight, with the combination of her husband and mom supporting her and having some cash reserves, she did pretty fine. I do feel like it would have been a lot harder for me confidence-wise because at that time, my biggest support system was my husband and my mom. And I told both of them and they were both so on board. And I've always been the person where sometimes I'm just, I'm going to do what I want to do and I don't really need support. But then I felt like when they did, it felt so good. And that kind of reminded me that that is very valuable and you know very helpful above all else. I feel like some things I could have done differently was I could have built my income more. I feel like I did make the jump a little too soon. For me, it was about 18 months since I started freelance writing. And I wasn't trying to go out to make, you know, like a million dollars and stuff like that, but just make enough. I would have definitely saved more. I didn't have a big emergency fund, but I had cash flow and clients. I had a cash buffer of like $1,000 in my account, which that would buy quick. And luckily, I've never had a month where I felt like, oh, I don't know how I'm going to do this, do that. And 
know, I've always been able to pay my taxes and pay any contractors and stuff like that. But I definitely feel like I could have had a bigger emergency fund. I've heard other people that save like maybe a year's salary or something when they quit. And I was like, that sounds nice. But for me, it definitely wasn't really an option. The idea of having a cash buffer is that you'll be able to increase your chances of sustaining your business in the long run, that the money you do save will help you from quitting your business because you're not as stressed about money. And it bears repeating that having a support system is key, like Shansei had. I mean, it's a necessity. It's also helpful for you to see what's possible, especially when you're chugging along head down in your business. Remember when Candace went to conferences and saw what was possible? Yeah, tons of talk about side businesses and making your self-employment dreams come true comes with a side effect of you wanting to quit your job yourself. Now, let's talk a bit more about the whole idea of self-employment and why it's so cool. Number one, get to wake up whenever you want. Number two, You don't have to answer to crappy bosses if you don't want to. And number three, you can probably make more money than at your day job. I mean, I think it's also pretty cool to go to a cocktail party or picnic or family reunion or whatever and tell people you're your own boss. I mean, (laughs) how cool is that? Now, entrepreneurship can seem fairly Instagram worthy, but the reality is it's often quite different. I think sometimes people are just saying, yes, it's okay. Just quit your job and you'll figure it out. But, you know, there are moments where you need money right now. And if you don't have the money in your bank account, what are you going to do? Do you have somebody that you can rely on? And you don't even really want to rely on people. I know you don't want to, but if you had to, is that a possibility? So it was probably a few months after I moved in with my fiance and now we're trying to plan for our future. When I was younger, I always said, because I'm, I'm 31 right now. So when I was in my late, late 20s, I used to just be like, let me just try being a full-time freelancer to see what it's like. So I have that experience while I have less responsibilities. And then once I moved in with my fiance and we're thinking about the future and we're thinking about, okay, we want to buy a house. We want to have a wedding. We want to have a child. We should be investing. So once these real life things started coming up, it was like, okay, well, I need to make a certain amount of money to reach these certain goals. And it wasn't like he was pressuring me because he makes way more money than I do. But at the same time, I didn't want to just fully rely on him to do everything. So it was kind of my own decision to be like, okay, if I'm not making this amount of money by this date, then I'm going to have to go back to a nine to five. So it was just kind of giving myself a window of if I don't reach these goals, then I'm going to go back so that I can reach these goals in a more comfortable position. I think that once this plan came into picture, it was kind of like, okay, something has to change if this is the new goal that I have. Because I think up to this point, I didn't really have something that I was following. It was just like month to month, day to day. Of course, when Candace told me that, I had to ask, did she feel pressure to achieve these goals all of a sudden? Yeah, there was pressure. Because once you write down your goals, and then the months are passing, and if you're not reaching it, it is a little bit like, wow, like something really does have to change. So yeah, and sometimes I wanted to go back on this plan. Like, well, Maybe we should extend it out, right? While Candace's challenges had to do with the future, Joshua, on the other hand, was trying to put up fires in the present moment. Initially, right after I gave my notice, my wife, she was asking questions, well, what what are we going to do with insurance? And what are we going to do with this and that and several different things? And it's like, well, I got this other insurance. It was like three times as expensive as what we had through my work. And come to find out, it was basically just like emergency surgery. So basically, if something 
catastrophic happened, then they would start to cover something. It didn't cover any basic stuff. And so I, I really dropped the ball on that. And it's like, okay, I don't really have other plans as <laughs> on these other things. I just made a quick decision. It's been going through my head for a long time, but we never had a conversation. And so we never made plans. So I actually tried to go back to my job and say, hey, I'd like to take that two week notice back and just continue working. I went back and forth between uh, the manager and HR and it ended up being the word they just they honored the resignation and, and so i ended up having to leave then we started really having conversations like okay so what financially does this need to look like then and so we started making milestones like so like month one is a thousand dollars a month and then fifteen hundred dollars a month and two thousand dollars a month i can't remember the specific numbers but my wife wrote it down is like okay this is what i would like to see and i'm like okay yeah i believe i can definitely hit these i mean that shouldn't be any problem at all and hopefully i'll even surpass it which is very ignorant of myself because i was planning on utilizing marketing skills which i had never used before and in some cases things are going good but something's missing I've been out of the traditional workforce for almost five years. Would someone actually hire me or like, you know, and I've been really into marketing and wanting to learn more about marketing and also realizing that, you know, I went to school for journalism and I have some marketing experience, but it's a lot of stuff I've learned on the job. So I feel like it's still valuable for me to learn certain things, certain workplace experiences. You know, I would still like to take a business class because a lot of the stuff I do, I just kind of learn from someone or I learn from a client or I kind of wing it. But I'm interested, like, is there certain systems, certain tools, certain marketing things that like I just don't know about? So that kind of got me interested in marketing. A lot of people don't talk about this, but sometimes I guess for me, my pers- I can only talk for myself. Sometimes I like I'm very routine. I like to settle into what I know and that can become outdated. And there's no one pushing me. There's no one telling me, you need to learn the new this, you need to do that, unless it's a client that's paying me. So one thing that is appealing about a job is that they make you learn the stuff. They make you learn the tools. You get paid to do it. You're not pressured. You know, you get paid for your time, whatever. If I'm freelancing, I get paid when I turn in work, not when I'm learning a skill necessarily, you know, as a freelance writer. So that was a little appealing that, hey, I can take my time and I can learn this. I have someone here to keep me accountable and I can, you know, be part of a team and this and that. And when things are off or bad, whatever you want to call it, The most important thing here is to call it quits, but how? For some like Joshua, which you heard earlier in the episode, he needed to reach a certain benchmark, in this case, an income stream each month. And if it didn't happen, he'd have to start looking for a job again. Here he is talking about the circumstances leading to him applying for a job, even though he was already finding some sort of work-life balance when he was outsourcing some of his business tasks. Probably about 75% of it had gotten outsourced by that point. And so I was still doing some because there's that whole balance between I still need some personal income for myself and everything I outsource takes away from that. And so I'm having to balance all this. I got in the mid-2020. It's like, okay, I'm at a point to where it's like, okay, I can handle this balance. I got a little bit of time. Let me go try to find some clients. And then I lost a client. And so it's like, okay, I got to take a little step back. And then I lost another client. And then I went on a business trip for a different client. And so this this one that I was doing the content and marketing things for, I'm basically a full-time member of his team for all intents and purposes. We created basically a whole family trip around it as well. And it was like right after that trip when I realized that, oh, these clients that are lost, they impacted me a lot more than I thought. So October 2020 is when I realized, okay, I got to do something. But at that point, we're scrambling 
financially because I lost over a thousand dollars a month. And so it's like, okay, how can we make this financially? And we just came off that trip. And so we're really stretching that client that we made that trip for. The decision was made that meeting in person is going to become a quarterly thing. And so now like a week of travel every quarter is going to be incorporated into it. As much as I like travel, my wife doesn't like that as much, especially because I can't always bring the kids by myself and my wife has her job and she doesn't want to use all of her vacation going on trips with me or taking off so she can stay home with the kids while I'm gone. So talking with that client, it's like, okay, this isn't going to work. And so then I had to make the decision, what am I going to do? And that's when the previous job that I had, I had kept in touch with a couple of the people there. And one of the guys became a supervisor. And just in a comment, he's, he said, yeah, we're getting ready to start a new shift. They had only been two shifts. Now they're starting a third shift and we're looking for people. I said, well, this is the timing. <laughs> and so not because I love the work, but because I need to get some money. I know the job. It'd be an easy transition getting into something that could be able to provide the finances that we need as a family to be able to keep going. It was the same case for Candace. So now my contract is up. I was at this time, like really trying to pay off my student loan debt and I ended up paying off my student loan debt. So now I am debt free, but now it's kind of like back on me. Now it's like, I don't have this consistent freelance gig coming in. Now I'm just on my own to get my own clients. And that was probably the most stressful part about being a full-time freelancer because it's literally you on your own. I think the first of the month was always like something that brought anxiety because it's like, oh, do I have enough money to pay these bills? Oh, now I got to restart and get new clients. First of the month was always just something that I was just like dreading. Of course, there were months where I did surpass my goals and I made more money. And then there's also months where there was lows and I didn't reach my goals. And it's okay, now what am I going to do? Now, it's as good as time as any to answer the question that I posed at the start of this episode. Should you be considered a failure if you're a business owner and have to go back to nine to five? The answer is, of course not. Here's the thing. Your life and circumstances change and you can just adjust and adapt. Just because you get a job again doesn't mean that you've, air quote, failed. Of course not. If you need the money to feed your family like Joshua, or if you want to reach bigger financial goals like Candace, a job's going to help you do it. I assure you, nobody is going to care. And if they care that much, well, that's their problem, not yours. Besides, there are many other benefits of going back to a nine to five. Aside from money, you do get to gain a whole new attitude about the world. For Chauncey, she viewed the job search journey in a whole new light. It wasn't in the past when I went to interview, I was like praying like, please, God, can I get this job? I really need this job. And it wasn't like that at all because I'd already, you know, been established. And if I didn't get it, it wasn't going to be too big of a deal. So yeah, I was definitely more relaxed and I felt more comfortable and we got to fill each other out. And yeah, so that was nice. It's pretty cool that Chauncey went into that interview with that mindset. But even though logic dictates otherwise, our emotions can get the better of us when it comes to returning to a nine to five. So I think the problem that I had was I was, first of all, I was linking success to happiness and I was putting off my happiness until I reached these goals, you know, these lofty goals of till I reach this follower amount, this money amount, this email subscribers. And so first my fiance told me that you shouldn't be just putting off your happiness. And first of all, you shouldn't even be linking your happiness to this idea of what you created as success, because you have to redefine your definition of success and what works for you right now in this season. So that's what I had to do. When I went to my therapist, she made me realize that success for me 
was like, if you had a circle, full-time entrepreneurship was taking up the whole success circle. And so she said, if this wasn't your idea of success anymore, what would success look like? What would having a job now allow you to achieve? I was just like, oh, okay, that's true. I'll be able to invest more now. I can save for a house. I can eventually be a wife. Eventually I want to be a mom. So, you know, success didn't have to be just full-time entrepreneurship. I could still be successful. And also success for me was now about just making an, an impact. Can I be myself? Because I had a lot of negative ideas about my last nine to five because it was a toxic environment, but that doesn't mean that every nine to five has to be that way. I had to redefine if I did go back to a nine to five, what do I want this new nine to five role to look like? And so all of those things really did help me create a new definition of success because there's pros and cons to both. There's pros and cons to working a nine to five, pros and cons to working for yourself. So I try to think about the cons of this working for myself right now and that anxiety I felt sometimes when I wasn't reaching my money goals. And I thought now that if I go back to a nine to five, I don't have to worry about that. And also I'm still a business owner. It doesn't mean that I'm not a freelancer in a business. I still have my business, even though I have the nine to five. And so that was also comforting to know that me going back to a nine to five doesn't mean that I'm not a business owner anymore. At the end of the day, life changes. It has its ups and downs. You move, you get married, you travel to new places, you get a new job, you quit, and then go back to one. You get the drift. A big misconception that we see about freelancing and freelance writing and all this stuff is that Oh, once you quit and once you get out there and do your business, so like it's happily ever after and there's nothing else you have to think about or worry about or plan for. And that's not always the case. You know, people go back all the time. They go back and forth and it shouldn't be this big deal. It's just life is constantly changing. And, you know, if you feel that I think part time is a good option, you know, for someone who's thinking about it, trying that part time and then still keeping your freelancing and then some part-time roles, sometimes they'll even offer you full-time. So I would say that could be a good option is just trying to see if you want to ease back into something. And then also just realizing that you don't have to make a rush decision now, because if you are freelancing and making some money, it's not like you have no other type of income. So you do have the ability to do what I did and feel things out and do the interview and not feel that pressure. I used to be this person that had all this plan, all this stuff figured out. But I think just this past year, just seeing how like sometimes plans don't work, I would say the best thing that I've been doing lately is just taking stuff one step at a time and then seeing from there because you don't have to have it all figured out. The whole pressure that we seemingly put on ourselves when it comes to self-employment is crazy. So what if it didn't work out? Does that mean you can't try again? I would have conversations with my wife. <laughs> on that to make sure that we're on the same page, but then also to continue what I'm doing with the outsourcing and really get that solid, but then also to have a better marketing strategy before leaving and probably being actually and honestly probably getting it to where my income on the side business matches or comes very close to my income now, or at least what is needed for us to be able to live get that to where it needs to be just as a side business and try to be a little more patient. I can choose right now. I'm choosing to work my business part-time, but that doesn't mean that I'll be this way forever and that I do have options and I can just adjust again. If I feel like, you know what, this season, I want to go back to working for myself or this season, maybe I want to take a sabbatical and travel for two months and not work at all, that we have the choice and the freedom. Life is a series of trials and errors. That's it. It's much more important to look within and do what's best. If you can't afford to pay the bills, is it worth it to stick around on a venture because you don't want to bruise your ego? Of course not. 
My most important lesson would probably be just how important your thoughts are and how they're shaping your reality. Because whatever you believe is possible, that's the steps that you're going to to start taking. And that's when, you know, things are going to start working out for you. I didn't get that. The job opportunity didn't start aligning for me until I actually opened up my mind and started seeing it as a good thing. Because you can't think of something as bad and still expect it to come your way. It's like I had to open my brain to just being like, this is a good thought. This is a good thing I could have. So I think that just whatever you want, just trying to align your thoughts with that. Even just changing my definition of what failure is, what success is, because it's us that are really limiting what those things are. And people don't really care as much as we think they care. Like nobody, again, the world was still spinning when I went back to a nine to five. Nobody was like booing me when I walked into the Zoom call. <laughs> you know, <laughs> There's so much depth and richness to your life. One that's outside of a job, business, or self-employment venture. You know that. And I know that. So instead of defining your identity, your worth with your vocation, look elsewhere. For me, not only am I a writer and a podcast host and producer, I'm a mother, wife, sister, daughter, friend, a lover of gardening, and most importantly, Sarah Lee Kane. My wish is that no matter where you are or whatever you're doing, you can feel comfortable in all the facets of your amazing personas. You are worthy just as you are. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you to my guests, Shantae Maddox, Candace Latham, and Joshua Rivers for coming on and sharing their stories. To find more about them and other resources I've talked about in this episode, head over to beyondthedollar.co slash 110 for links. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share with a friend as it'll help spread the mission of what we're doing around here, which is to have more deep and honest conversations about how money affects your well-being. Tag them on Instagram at Beyond the Dollar. Help them subscribe to the show, whatever it takes. Thanks to Donovan Durant for this theme song and sound effects by Inspector J. Again, thanks for listening. And until next time, keep living beyond the dollar.